Welcome to Global Dispatches. This is your host, Mark Leon Goldberg. The United States is in the midst of its worst measles outbreak in decades, thanks largely to terribly irresponsible parents who are putting the rest of us and the rest of our children at risk. The outbreak here in the United States is something of an aberration because globally, measles has been on the decline pretty substantially since 2000 with the advent of the Measles and Rubella Initiative, which is a public-private partnership that succeeded in reducing global rates of measles by something like 75% over the last 15 years, going from just about 600,000 cases a year to fewer than 200,000 cases a year. Here with me today to put the outbreak in the United States into a larger global context is Dr. Rebecca Martin of the U.S. Centers for disease control and prevention. We discuss what it will take to end the outbreak here in the United States and eliminate measles globally and whether or not that is a realistic goal or an achievable goal by its target date of 2020. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You can listen to every episode on undispatch.com. Download every episode for free on iTunes via globaldispatchespodcast.com. And also, we have a standalone app for your iPhone, Android, and tablet all free and all for people who love in-depth conversation about global affairs. So here it is, my conversation with Dr. Rebecca Martin of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. the outbreak occurring in the United States. Um, We have not seen this many cases in many years here in the United States. And what it shows us, what measles can show you because it's so highly infectious, is it it shows all of the weaknesses and the areas where you don't have children vaccinated. And why is that important? It's important because children can die from measles, children can get uh, encephalitis, pneumonia, other diseases, and be hospitalized. And so it's not, it's not a disease that does not have um, consequences that are serious and can lead to, to death. Now, will the outbreak in the U.S. come under control only when vaccination rates start to increase? It will come under control. What we what we normally do is we do outbreak investigations. So we'll find a case and we'll then have to investigate all of the contacts that the case came in contact with. Now, for some, that's, that's many, many, many contacts. Um, and for others, it may not be so many. But what we have to do is then to prevent either them from getting infected or to do immunization of children who have not been vaccinated to date. So it really is increasing the coverage. Um, that is the important step in 
terms of stopping the outbreak. And when the virus finds a wall of immunity, which means children who have or people who have been vaccinated where it cannot spread anymore, it will stop. And that's either through vaccination or people have had disease earlier on in their lives. Uh, so this contact tracing that you describe, I mean, it's something that um, I've learned is so important through the Ebola outbreak, where contact tracing seemingly was like one of the most important ways to isolate uh, infected Ebola ca uh, cases in West Africa. But my understanding is that, you know, measles is obviously much, much more infectious than, uh, than Ebola. So the contact tracing seemingly is a much bigger task on like a per patient basis. Yes, it, it really is. I mean, for first of all, it can it's a respiratory infection, so it can remain in the virus can remain in, in the air up to two hours after a person having left the room. So a patient going into an emergency room not feeling well with a fever and a rash can leave and then have two hours of the virus is staying in the air. So this is really critical that we make sure that we can contain it. Now, per the context, as you're saying, what we tend to find in having been on many investigations, you know, you have, if it's a child, they may have been to school, they've been to parties, um, adults may have been to weddings, some festivals, so on public buses, on trains, so you really have to do airplanes, so you have to really do a thorough contact, make everybody aware that they may have been exposed to somebody who had the measles, and if they have symptoms, that they should stay home, um, not go into a facility where they could expose others, but make sure that they stay home and take care um, and stay in and protect themselves, as well as making sure that their family members have been vaccinated. Um, so this outbreak seems to be rooted in low vac lower than, than optimal vaccination rates here in the U.S., um, which itself was probably caused by parents' suspicions about the safety or efficacy of the vaccine. Uh, I know you work globally uh, now, and I'm wondering, so when you're, you know, doing a, an immunization program in some place like DR Congo, I mean, how do you overcome uh, parents' suspicions about the, the safety or efficacy of these vaccines? And are there any, like, lessons you can apply from your, your work around the world to here in the United States? You know, one thing they say about immunizations and vaccines is that um, it's the... Um, it's a victim of its own success. So in many countries where we're still seeing outbreaks occurring, for example, you mentioned the Democratic Republic of Congo or in Nigeria or in Liberia, mothers still know measles. Guardians still know measles. And so they want their children to be vaccinated against it. Whereas here in the United States, even some of the physicians, when they first had cases coming in, didn't even suspect measles because they have not seen a measles case. So you have that sort of when people know what measles is, what it can cause, that it can, you know, it can kill your child, they're much more prone to be actively demanding and looking for a vaccine. And I have been in clinics where mothers have waited three, four hours to be vaccinated with their children um, and will not move. And I think this is the important thing is in terms of the importance of vaccine, knowing the disease, what it can do to your family and children, and wanting to your children to be protected against this. Here in the United States, they haven't seen the disease, so the focus shifts more onto the safety of the vaccine as opposed to the disease itself. Um, you know, so you all have been working globally for, for a while now. Uh, my understanding is with the measles initiative, the measles rubella initiative, of which the CDC is, is a partner. Um, how does this um, outbreak here in the United States fit with like the global trend? 
Yes, so the the, um, the Measles Rebel Initiative, as you mentioned, was started and established in 2001, and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is one partner with UN Foundation, World Health Organization, UNICEF, and the American Red Cross. And the Americas actually eliminated measles in 2000. What that means is that there had been no measles virus that had been endemic or indigenous to the region of the Americas. There were still importations occurring from other parts of the world, but there was not measles circulating regularly here in the in the region of the Americas. So when we see this sort of now, what happens over time is if there are pockets of children or families that are not vaccinating their children, when the virus is introduced or imported, as such as now, it is able to take a foothold and then do be able to be continued to be transmitted um, from one child to another to an adult. So there is the potential for spread. What this does is then it does affect the elimination goal that the region of the Americas has as well as the other six WHO regions have uh, in terms of wanting to eliminate measles. Now, we're not, we won't say that currently it has not um, stopped or changed the elimination status of the Americas because that requires circulation for 12 full months. But at the same time, it does put at risk that the virus will spread to um, more states and the potential for children visiting or adults visiting from other countries to take it home to their um, areas as well and to be able to spread it. So it puts at risk the elimination goal. And the goal, uh, what's been sustained since 2000, it comes at a cost. Um, it is not um, something that doesn't require continuous work in making sure that every child is vaccinated against measles. And that's the important thing is that this is not a one-time shot um, in terms of an effort. It's much more that you have to continually vaccinate each cohort um, of children as they're born and to make sure that you continue to have high immunization coverage to sustain the elimination goal. Um, I know overall the the trend since the uh, rollout of the measles initiative in something like 2000 has been, against measles, has been pretty dramatic. The the decline has been something like 75% worldwide. Does the outbreak in the U.S. um, affect the trajectory, the, the general overall trend globally on measles? Not at this time. It will not affect us. So to date, from 2000 to 2013, uh, with the Measles and Rebel Initiative's work with partners and the Gavi Alliance, uh, 15.6 million deaths have been prevented um, from measles, um, being able to vaccinate against that. What it, what it does put at risk is in terms of um, the, there is all of the six WHO regions, as I mentioned, have an elimination goal. And if this is to be um, achieved by 2020, we need to make sure that coverage is maintained at a high level for all children everywhere. And so the importance that we be able to able to maintain that and not further spread the virus is where the potential risk comes in and, and the importance. Of stopping so, the so the global goal is in five years time to totally eliminate worldwide measles? Yes, all of the regions by 2020 have a goal to eliminate measles. So how close are we to that? We're not that close, to be honest. Um, so as I said, the region of the Americas was in 2000. Um, it is the only region of the world to have eliminated measles. Um, the Western Pacific region is would be the next closest, but again, there's still measles occurring. So there's a lot of effort that needs to happen. Uh, we have seen a major, as I mentioned, a major decrease in measles um, and measles deaths, but at the same time, to reach that goal of elimination requires um, a more, more efforts and 
in terms of making sure that we have coverage. I mean, I guess is it not terribly dissimilar to polio, right, where the polio uh, initiative or global polio eradication initiative kicked off in the late 80s, saw a huge decline. Now there are only three endemic countries, but getting those hardest to reach communities are, you know, by definition, they're like the hardest to reach. What do, I guess, vaccination programs against measles look like on the ground to get to those like, you know, rural, maybe conflict prone uh, villages or, or regions of the world? This is a, a good question, and it really does have to take on a different approach. Um, it is not that people um, would be bringing their children into facilities, but much more that there is much more of an outreach effort, that we have healthcare workers being able to go out um, and establish what we call mobile posts. And having, which are much closer to the villages, much closer to the areas, so that we can make sure that every child is reached with vaccine. Um, so it requires a huge effort. Um, many of this has been done through um, what are called measles uh, immunization campaigns. And in the campaigns, um, they may occur over a week, they may occur over four weeks, but it requires the force to make sure that you can deliver a safe vaccine that is kept in the cold chain and that is delivered to the right child. So the importance of all of those pieces, the logistics, um, having the healthcare worker, and having the uh, knowing the area that you're going to be covering. Now, in areas of conflict, as you mentioned, um, there have been a lot of efforts of how to do this, and I think the one of the main ones has been looking at how we can, working with um, humanitarian efforts and working with development, bring immunization into communities and make sure that we can reach the children. How costly is this? Um, has there been like, is there like a price tag on the goal of elimination by 2020? The, to deliver the dose of, of measles uh, vaccine in the campaign setting is a dollar a dose. So it is not that expensive um, in the sense of that, of moving forward. The cost of, of entire um, elimination or eradication, as we would say, across the world, that's still um, being determined to date. But I can tell you um, from the region of the Americas that every outbreak um, that has to be investigated because of the contact tracing can cost um, over, over $300,000 for one contact, and that each country has to maintain this level of coverage and effort to make sure that the virus doesn't spread. Um, this response is quite expensive. So making sure that the world could achieve elimination would be a great cost savings and cost effective um, effort uh, for we're, elimination. We're, we're talking about like probably the low billions, right? Not like hundreds of billions of dollars. Exactly. Like, exactly. like a few, a couple billion dollars probably is what it um, would take. We're looking right now at the, where we are with the polio endgame. Uh, the last five years to eradicate polio is a, a $5.5 billion price tag, uh, and that's to get a vaccine into every child. Uh, measles right now is, requires an injection, and it's more costly vaccine at the dollar a dose um, compared to five cents for polio. So it would be, it would be in, the, in the round, the, the middle of the billions, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you concerned that like the resources that the CDC or other uh, organizations are putting into contact tracing here in the United States are diverting to fighting measles globally in any sort of meaningful way? I think this is all, it all has to be seen as, it shouldn't be seen as one versus the other, but it really all goes hand in hand, that it's important that we are able to do this um, to be able to investigate each case stop up the contacts from becoming affected or transmitting further the, vac uh, the virus. 
and all of this has to go hand in hand with the efforts that the U.S. government does. The U.S. government does put um, funds in making sure that we can protect the American citizens um, 24-7, but as well that we work to help countries be able to stop measles um, outbreaks in their own countries. And these efforts go very much hand in hand in trying to do this with the funds existing. The importance, as I said, is, is that uh, we really have to maintain high coverage, that this must be maintained over time. We have fragile gains, and we really need to continue. This is not a one-time um, and then you're done, but really we must maintain the efforts to sustain the goals and the importance of being able to eliminate measles. That was clarifying. Thank you to Dr. Martin for speaking with me. Uh, And if you're new to the podcast, this is a good distillation of what I post every Thursday, which are shorter conversations with experts or think tank types about something topical and in the news. And every Monday, I post longer interviews with foreign policy thought leaders and luminaries who tell me their life story and their career with a special emphasis on the events, ideas, and influences that shape their worldview from an early age. These are typically very illuminating conversations, and it's become something of an oral history project for international development, global health, and human rights, and international diplomacy of the last, say, 50 years or so. So check it out, and we'll see you there. Bye.